it's very important to know the difference between something that is manly and man-ish. One of those things has value. One of those things has no value. Because instead of actually displaying the character of something, it is simply a caricature of something. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize seize the the faith. faith. I knew I'd be teaching, um, so I'm, hi, I'm Justin, you can do it again, hi, I'm Justin, hi, hi guys, good to, good to see you, uh, I am thankful to uh, pastor at Missio Day Church, uh, we meet in this area, right about here, every Sunday at 4 o'clock, <laughs> uh, so I'm very thankful to be uh, ministering in that capacity God has called me to, I also am uh, a husband and a father of three. And I work a full-time job driving a UPS truck, so if you've ever, as a child, desired to drive a UPS truck because you thought it was really fun, it's not as fun as it looks. So I can tell you that. Uh, But for some reason, children, all children love the UPS truck. Uh, I am going to be teaching on a sermon entitled, Act Like Men. Uh, And if you want to get there, by the way, uh, I'm going to let you know right now, I am going to be the easiest one teaching, all right? It would be the nicest one teaching. I have notes. I'm going to have notes on the screen. Okay? These other guys, they're just going to hit you with the word. They're going to expect you to be adults. Right? Write your own notes. Okay? Uh, I'll give you an outline to follow, but you will be flipping in your Bibles. So that's on you. If you do need a Bible, I believe we do have some available. Jesse, can you? Do we have some available back there in the resources under the table? Yeah, I think we do. I feel confident in saying that, but I've been wrong before. <clears throat> So if you do need a copy of God's Word, I'm sure we can hook you up with one, one way or the other. Uh, We, uh, we will be, our main text tonight will be 1 Corinthians 16, so if you'd like to get there, you've been given advanced warning. Uh, Again, the title of our sermon here to start us off is Act Like Men. I'm thankful to do the first one. It gives the uh, guys who've been traveling all day a little time to rest and not have to dive right in. And I also get to set the stage, get to set the stage for them, so... uh, Honestly, I just didn't want, to, I didn't want to follow anybody because I didn't want to have that, that looming weight on my shoulders of following people that were more capable than myself. So I'm going to start off with a bunch of pictures. We're going to do a bunch of pictures first. How's that sound? So wake you up, get you ready. We're going to look at a difference. So if my sermon's entitled to act like men, we're going to need to be able to begin to divine, define some things. Um, probably defining men is going to be helpful. So I'm going to do it with the English language because that's, that's what we're speaking. Um, there's two words that we're going to look at. Manly versus man-ish, okay? Manly versus man-ish. We're also going to look at, same vein, womanly versus womanish. Now, I'm going to tell you what these words mean to help you understand them. Essentially, they mean about the same thing, except, not quite. So, something that is manly takes on the character of being a man. It has to do with the character qualities of masculinity. Something that is man-ish, while still having to do with men, instead of character being the character of men, it is much more a caricature of men. Right? So character. Think like you go to the boardwalk, because you know we're in South Jersey, so for those of you who are not from South Jersey, this may not make as much sense. But you go to the boardwalk, and like some guys doing those weird cartoon faces of people, so you can sit down and pay this guy $50, and he makes you look like this 
obviously cartoon-like version of yourself. Have we all seen these? Yeah, you get me? That is a caricature of what you look like. It is not actually accurate to what you really look like, but it is a caricature. It kind of looks like you, and it usually accents some of your most defining features in humorous ways, but it is a caricature as opposed to an exact image. That's the difference between the words manly and mannish. Same thing with woman, all right? Womanly is to display the character traits of a woman, whereas woman-ish is to display the caricature of a woman. All right, do you feel comfortable with these words? Because now we get to have a fun test. Are you ready? I'm going to show you images. We're going to have to decide, all right? So you can feel free to shout them out. All right, there's, it's, these, are, these are relatively opinion-based, given off the definitions I've given. So there's not really wrong answers, all right? Feel confident about your opinion. You can shout out your opinion. It's yours. And if it's wrong, we won't tell you. So we're gonna, you're going to decide whether the image is displaying something manly, all right, or man-ish, or depending on the image, if it's displaying something womanly or womanish. Can we handle this? All right? We all good with the rules? Ground rules here, they've been set? All right, we're going we're gonna to do this. All right, so throw up the first image here. All right, here we go. Uh, for those of you who are having issues seeing, okay, this is a picture of Ellen DeGenerish. DeGener <laughs> English language is hard. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres and her wife, Portia. I only ever remember her first name. I don't know what her last name is. It's not important because when you're named Portia, no one has to remember your second name anyway. It's, it's a weird name. So um, <clears throat> ignoring Portia because we can have a whole different conversation about what's happening in this picture. But looking at Ellen and in this scenario, do you think Ellen is displaying one of those four types of attributes? Oh, it's tough. Manish. That's very good. Look, you're doing a great job right off the bat. She is displaying a manish attribute, right? She is portraying the caricature of a man. She's not actually displaying the character of a man because it would be impossible for her to do fully that in that particular scenario here. But that's not to say that a woman cannot display a manly quality. It's not to say a man can't display a womanly quality. We'll talk more about that later. But I'm saying that now so you can maybe feel a little more comfortable with some of the next pictures. You have to evaluate them. All right, manish, you nailed that. All right, now here we have uh, a stock photo. I mean, no, it really is a stock photo. But it, it, the best part is this is a stock photo, all right? I want to give you some context of a mother working from home and caring for her child. Now, if you, would you say that this is a, a picture that displays one of the four qualities. Maybe even, I would say, two. Actually, I, I could probably make a biblical argument for two. Oh, now this is like, it's going to get really tough by the end. You think this is, this is not even close to hard? Womanly. womanly. All right, I, I would say clearly a womanly, all right? And, and also, you could say there's some manly qualities there in part of the providing, but I would definitely say it's mostly womanly. Why do I say this? I say open up to Proverbs 31, and you're going to see a lot of things uh, that the Proverbs 31 woman does, and most of them involve working, providing, caring for the home, and all those things simultaneously, all right? Womanly. We're doing a great job here, guys. A child looks super happy, super happy. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go on a limb. With the stock photo, they're probably not related, but we're going to move forward. <laughs> Let's look at the next one, Josiah. 
All right, this is a tough, this is a tough one. You have to understand some historical context here, all right? Anybody know who this is? Rosie the Riveter, all right? And, all right, circa what era is this image from? World War II. World War II. All right, good. We're, we're on the same page. So, so we're on that page. Is this a manly, mannish, womanly, womanish scenario? Mannish. Now, I might say, and I, can, I, can, I fully understand seeing mannish in the picture, but I also would say, given the context of World War II, that this actually may be a manly situation. Now, bear with me. Uh, in most cultures, when the men would go away to fight, guess what the women had to do? Everything else, because the men had to protect. Literally, usually, you're talking about the whole city right then and there. And if you expand it out to, you know, moving from ancient into more modern times, the kingdom, the country, we're expanding those things out, right? And so when they were doing that, the women had to what? Rivet. Rivet. <laughs> Rivet. Farm, right? They had to get the, the horses, the cows still need to be milked. The uh, crops still needed to be turned, harvested, right? All of those things had to go on, right? If they had a trade, that trade shop continued, needed to continue on, not just because the family needed money, but also because most of the trades provided had to do with helping the culture, right? So I would say that there's a, there's a line here. I can feel the tension of both. It's good. I wanted, to, I wanted to throw some ones that were going to cause us some tension. Give me another one. Ooh. What do you, what do you, what do you think this one is? I'm going, a hard, I'm going hard mannish, all right? We can have a biblical conversation about that if you want to later. We can go, but I'm, I'm willing to have it. Man-ish, all right? Man-ish. And if you can find me a Bible passage that would say that this is manly, all right, for women to be doing this, let's have a conversation. I'm all about it. Let's have that conversation. But I'm going to say man-ish here, all right? Now, all right, I'm not, I'm, I'm not there's, there's qualifications here. We can have a discussion. How about the next one? Now, this is hard to see, all right, but this is a mother pushing a child on a skateboard, all right? Now, I have feelings about this photograph, photograph, but this is opinion-based. Womanly. Uh, that's, that's totally fine. I can see womanly. I can also see a little manly in there, personally, myself. Right? This is risk-taking behavior, which tends to be a more masculine quality. Right? That's definitely something I would do. I mean, probably a much steeper hill. Right? Much steeper hill. And, I mean, no, there's no pads or helmet on, so that's, that's legit. All right? Yeah, both womanly, there's still, there's caring and nurturing there, and there's, there's also that risk-taking element without having to bash each other in the face. All right, now, here's, here's a great one. This is, this is one of my favorite ones. What do you think? Is that a guy? Oh, man, this is great. Is that a guy? This is one of my favorite pictures. This is all sorts of things. This is womanish and manish all at the same time. For those of you that don't know, that's that very large... Human is Fallon Fox. That was not the name they were born with. It's actually a biological male, which is why this picture is disturbing. Yeah, it's hard to... <laughs> it's a little disturbing. Um, Fallon Fox, I, I, did, I made sure I wrote down the name because this is like the most like dude name. Was born Boyd Burton. I mean, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Born Boyd Burton, which is hard to say five times fast. In this fight, um, Fallon Fox actually fractured Tamika Brent's skull because that's not supposed to be how life works. 
Anyway, good job with that. We're picking up on it. Seth's both womanish and manish at the same time. How'd that, hap how'd that happen? Well, sin is how that happens. Next picture. What do you think? Manly. 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 Everyone's, yes, manly, right? Beaches in Normandy. Manly. No, it's absolutely not. Next picture. There you go. What do you think? Ooh. Ooh, man, it's a tough one. Oh, there's like, man, womanly? Womanly? Womanish? Manish? Manly? It's probably the Armed Forces guy speaks up, right? They had plenty of time to do that, I can tell you. <laughs> You're looking for me for the right answer. Like, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, me, biblically speaking, I would look at this and I would say, um, manish. That's what I would say. We can have a conversation biblically about it. I can, it's not a problem, I can tell you. But if, uh, if you can pull up some scripture to help me understand how this is manly, we can talk about it. I'm all about it. I, look, I, and I know JL grabbed a tent peg. I'm not saying that, all right? I understand. I'm just saying, overall, we, have, uh, we might have some biblical principles at play. All right, anyway, you see how this game is working? It's kind of fun. A couple more. only have a couple more. How about this one? It's a pink blanket. It's purple sheets. Reading the book. Manly. All right, guys, trying to sell it to you guys. Oh, look at all the pastel colors. Manly. It's a father reading to a son. But also womanly. There's nurturing aspects in this picture, right? Right? Do we see it? We see both coming together? All right, another picture. I'm going to go a little faster. Now, this one is going to get you. We just saw a man caring for his son. Well, before, I, before you do you know what? I'll do it. What do you think? Give it to me what you think, and then I'll give you context. Manly. manly. Sounds real manly. What if I told you he was married to both of those women? Oh, everything's changing now. Manish. That guy is not being masculine anyway. What's wrong? Yep, married to both of those women. Changes it, right? Sinly. All right. Oh. Amen. All right, that was just a fun one. I wanted to really throw that in. Yes, that's a polygamist. All right. How about, how about the next one? Icon. That's Johnny Bravo, but I do get that a lot. Similar physique. I put that one up there. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say man-ish, all right? All right, all right yeah, no, I, I don't know where that's going to go. Photo. I know, literally. I, literally. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say man-ish. It's clearly a caricature of man, right? If you've ever seen the cartoon Johnny Bravo, he is literally like your class A, bumbling, foolish kind of man. Anybody ever see it? No? I'm the only one? I was alive. All right, good. Yeah, no, so that's pretty much a caricature of man. That's man-ish. All right, next one. I love this picture. That is a dad while simultaneously holding a child, doing the other daughter's hair. All right? Tell me, what do you think? Manly and womanly, love it. Yes, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Sometimes you got to step in there and lead and do hair. If I have any dads of daughters, I can, you all know what I'm talking about. It's rough. It's a process. There's some learning curves, right? Learning curves. Anyway, I just, uh, I thought that was great. All right, next one. We're almost done. Let me tell me, give it to me. Yeah, that's the idea. High five. <laughs> she likes to hold her hand really close to her head. Really close to it. No, all right, give it to me. Give it to me. Man-ish. Man the displaying of aggressive anger, outpouring. That's manly, right? No, no, not in this context. That is man-ish, right? We can agree. This is like uh, 
Fallon Fox, but in more identifiable clothes right, from the previous boxing picture. All right, I think we have one more. Do I have one more? Yeah, yeah good, one more. Oh, I wanted to really get controversial. I'll just leave that up. What do you think? Uh, anybody, any takers? Sinish. <laughs> We're going Sinish. I just wanted to throw it out there. I wanted to open up the door. Manish. Manish, biblically speaking, you want to, you want, I'm going to say amen. We can have conversations afterwards, okay? Amen. Man-ish. Manish. Ooh, I, I got Bible on that one. We can go. All right, that's the end of the pictures. That was the game we're playing. What? No pictures of male nurses? I, you know what? <laughs> can I just... You're an evil man because I literally was like, I, I wanted my last picture to be a male nurse. I really did. You know who you are back there. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted it to be a man that was obviously a man in like, in like a 1920s nurse outfit. That would have been really confusing. All right. All right. That's, that's manly versus man-ish. Now, what God's men are called to be is manly. We are to display the character qualities of a man. But we are supposed to be godly, which means we really must be godly men. Anytime you have an adjective, it actually affects the word that it is describing. Did you realize that? Right? Uh, it's why when you say something, then a noun, it, it really totally changed whatever that noun may have originally been. Okay? Uh, I could give you a ton of examples, and all the examples I'm thinking about saying right now would probably get me in trouble. Um, mm, right, so we have godly men. We'll just use that as the example. Being manly, you know, it's got, it's got good qualities because you made a man. So there's, there's automatically inherently worth in that. That is because you were made in the image of God. But to be a godly man changes what that masculinity is about. That masculinity is no longer simply about manhood. It's about God, right? It, the, the adjective actually affects what that noun is. So we have to be careful how we use adjectives. Social justice. You have to be careful how you use adjectives. Gay Christian. We have to be careful how we use adjectives. All right, I'll, I'll let that hang out there. Let's define valor because this whole thing's actually about valor. Right? They are vignettes of valor. Vignettes is a big word for short stories. <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? Vignettes of valor. What does valor mean? Go ahead, give me some things. Let's see if you can just do my work for, for me. Courage. Keep them coming unless you are comfortable with the one-word definition, which is fine. We can move forward. Doing what's right regardless of the cost. Right. Okay, that's good. Yes, I like that, which is trying to do a much better job of being deeper on courage. It's courage, right? Yeah. In the face of fear, danger, adversity. Oh, wow, we're really getting somewhere. All right, this is great. What if I told you the most basic, simplistic understanding of valor is... Something that has value or something being valuable. Can you hear it in the word valor, right? Value, valor. It's the most basic, not valor, valor, right? It's the most basic understanding of the word valor. 
to have value, to be valuable. Now, most commonly, we do associate it with the things that you guys mentioned, right? Actions that are courageous, being, cur- being courageous. Bravery, which is very hard to separate from cur- courage, actually. Those, those words seem are very, very close. Boldness or even resisting fear, doing something in the face of difficulties, fear. That's how we most ascribe valor, but at its base level, valor is being valuable, having value, which is why it's very important to know the difference between something that is manly and man-ish. One of those things has value. One of those things has no value because instead of actually displaying the character of something, it is simply a caricature of something. Now we go to our text, 1 Corinthians 16. If you're there now, good. If not, you have zero time to get there because I gave you way too much time and I'm already in it. 1 Corinthians 16, we're going to be starting in verse 13. We're going to read verses 13 and 14. Act like men. Here's what it says in God's word. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. In case you're reading for something different, I do not want to throw you off. I'm sure if it is a faithful translation, it will be very similar. Here's what it says. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. That's 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Those are great simplistic verses to memorize. I would encourage all of you to do so. It does not take long. They're actually broken up in most Bibles by commas. You can memorize four words at a time. In fact, most people can actually remember three to four pieces of information immediately. So keep things in three to fours. You're good to go. Memorize it. Very simple. All right. Act like men. This is a wonderfully explicit, clear statement, isn't it? It's simple. Act like men. What more do you want? It's like Nike. Do it. Right? Or Shia LaBeouf, if you've seen that. Just do it! Act like men. But then it immediately raises some questions, doesn't it? You have to say, okay, I would love to do that. You just have one question, right? It's an important one. How, right? How, Lord, how? But here's the best part. In verses 13 and 14, act like men is the nucleus. It's the thing, like the things that you can do to act like a man, they're all around it. It's the core. Act like men. How do you do that? Well, thank you, Paul. You, you do a great job of building off of it. The first thing you need to know about athlete men is in some of your versions, you actually may have the word be courageous actually filled in there, depending on what version of the Bible you're reading from. That's because this particular phrase mapped throughout the scripture has attached implicitly to courage. And I'm pretty sure Alex is going to be expanding on that, so I'm not going to dive down that pass, pathway. I would like to read one, only one verse on that, 2 Samuel 10, verse 12. 2 Samuel 10, verse 12. I was going to read to you something about the Philistines. There's two verses in, from my first Samuel, I believe, that actually have this exact phrase, this idea about being courageous and acting like men, and it puts them together to talk about the Philistines going into battle. Now, Philistines were pretty gruesomely, bar- like they were viciously just barbaric fighters. They were, they were known as men of war. And in one of the verses, it's like, hey, be courageous, act like men, because if we don't, the Hebrews are going to enslave us. So it's basically like, well, yeah, because, I mean, God wins, but spoiler alert. But 2 Samuel uh, 10, verse 12 says this, and you'll hear the word courage here in the same context as acting like men. 
It says, be strong and let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God and may the Lord do what is good in his sight. This is a call to be a man, defending, bravery, action. There's a connection to acting like men and being courageous. There's an implicit connection to being courageous and being a man of valor because there's value in your masculinity to attach yourself to courage. More than that, Paul unpacks act like men in four concise points. I'm going to give them to you fast because I'm not teaching on them. One, he says to watch. That is vigilance against unholiness. Watch. He says to stand, which is to be anchored to the rock, capital R, Christ, God, anchored, immovable, unshakable. He says to be strong, which is the displaying of God's strength throughout God's word. You will find that one word, one verse, Ephesians 6.10. If I beat you there, feel free not to turn. Ephesians 6.10 says this. Ha. Finally, be strong, just like that verse says, the exact same phrase. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Biblical masculine strength comes from God. Finally, there's this word at the end in verse 14. It's like he just gave you these things and you're, good, you're, you're like so psyched up. I'm ready for battle, right? Be courageous, act like men, be vigilant, stand firm, be strong. And you're like, yeah, let's go. And then in verse 14, he's like, lest you think you're supposed to be a tyrant, let all that you do be done in love. And you're like, wait a second. You just threw like a bunch of like rose petals and pansies in my, like the middle of my war scene that I was painting here, Paul. Like what's going on? You're thinking about it all wrong. The, the, word, the, 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 the words in verse 14 are to form the idea of like a forge. Think of a metal forge. And all of these qualities that he just outlined pour out from this forge of love. And from it comes the metal in which you can beat a sword or you can beat a shovel. Either one. A tool to till and grow and cultivate a tool to defend, to war. That love isn't just unicorns and tickle fights and rainbows. That love has teeth because that love, men, is what is to cause all those other actions. I want to focus on the word act. I'll let other guys tackle the word, the, the, the like men part that be courageous. I want to focus on the word act. Act can mean two things. Act can mean to have action. Clear, defining movement. Right? You need to act on that. Right? We hear that word, act. But it can also mean something else. To act can be to use movement to put on a facade, a show. It can literally be to do the thing that you are not. You can act like something, right? You follow me? Act can have those two types of flavors. It can be definitive motion, definitive movement, or it can be movement that simply hides reality. In this verse, it says to act like men. If we put one 
right? Clear, defining movement. Then we can feel like that verse has a lot of weight. But if we put on the other one, to have a facade, a play, to have movement that literally disguises. One feels very manly. One feels very mannish. One is a man stepping into the ring with a woman and breaking her skull. And one is dropping to a knee to hear that still small voice of your little child tell you about their day. We need to be manly and not mannish. We need to act with definitive, clear movement towards being a godly man. What we need to stop, men, really, all of us, we need to stop putting on a facade of movements that actually hide who we are. I show up for church, and I make sure that when I sit down at church, my family looks like we've got it together. But like 10 minutes ago, we were literally taking each other's heads off in the car. Do you know what it's like to try to get like an 8-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 14-year-old out of a house to go to a place? It's impossible. It's like, it's like nuclear fission. It's really hard. Do you put on a show of movements to actually disguise what kind of man you are? Or do you take up God's call to be a godly man, to make definitive movements, clear movements that display masculinity as God has called you to display it? Or all your movements and act? I want to be clear about something. It's something that really frustrates me. Our culture has totally redefined these things. We know this, right? Amen? Our culture has redefined everything. In fact, it's so redefined men and masculinity and woman and being womanly or feminine, right? It's totally redefined those things down to nothing. And so that it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. Because essentially, our culture wants to say they're the same thing. Which is stupid because then we have men wanting to become a woman when in reality, what's the difference? What does it matter? We have... No, absolutely no objective reality attached to anything because we've lost the source of all objectivity, which is God. And so everything is subjective. But since our culture has this problem understanding these things, we can have men who actually display qualities that maybe aren't carrying a battle axe with blood dripping from their beard as they've ripped off the ears of their enemies. Maybe they're better at actually composing music. Maybe they're artists. We take men who have attributes that some people consider soft, and we say, you know what you are? You're a woman. We totally have reshaped what it means to be a man, which is incredibly frustrating. I have, I have relatives who are some of the most godly and stalwart men that I know. Godly, manly men. But when you look at them, you might think, nah, Really? You think that's a tough guy? You think he's... I'm I'm looking at you, I'm saying, yeah, throw a lie at that guy. I can guarantee you won't tolerate it for a second. Try to take his family with deception. It's not going to happen. We need to understand what it means to be a godly man, to be manly, to act like men. Our culture acts like Satan. Now, this isn't the putting on a facade. It literally takes definitive, defining, clear movement to act like Satan. And that is basically to lie, to live in lies, the father of lies. That's what Satan is. He is 
the great deceiver. He is the enemy of God and the deceiver. That's what our culture does. There's no, it's no surprise. I mean, what does, Jesus, what does Jesus call those that don't follow God? He calls them children of Satan, right? You do what your father does, the father of lies. And so we take manliness, we take femininity, we paint stereotypes and characters and let those things define the lies. A man is this, a woman is this. And then we say, no, 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 a man can be, you know, soft. And you say, no, no, a soft man is probably maybe almost a woman. You know what, Uh, a man can be a woman, right? That woman's kind of tough. She's a tomboy. It used to be a phrase in our culture. You could be a tomboy. It was okay for a girl, a little girl, to like fire trucks. It's okay. Now it's not okay. We need to get that girl to a doctor real fast. She likes fire trucks. You know what? She, she, she might even be a boy. Because we've so latched onto lies about what it means to be a man or a woman that we are willing to reshape what God has made. And quite literally, through surgery, reshape what God has made. We push people in a pendulum, one way or the other. Men must be masculine. Men must be feminine. Men can be women. It's this great cultural shift that's happened in the course of what feels like essentially five years. (laughs) I mean, it's been a slow, slow fade, but then really, really quick, right? It's like uh, that old phrase about, um, uh, how did you become bankrupt, right? It's, uh, well, gradually and then all at once, right? <laughs> gradually and then completely all, all at once, right? Um, men, what we must do is be men. But what I want you to understand is that men can be womanly. Did you know that? Men can be womanly. Other question, then you really, like, really want to get into like a quandary. If a man is being womanly, does that make being womanly manly? Whoa, it's like, whoa, I'm getting really confused now. It's a lot of, a lot of words flying around here. I want you to think about this. By doing so, we'll, looking, we'll look at the scripture. We'll go to two passages of Isaiah and then one in John. Isaiah 42, verse 14. Flipping your Bibles, flipping them. I want to hear the pages turning. You get to Isaiah... Then you get to chapter 42, and then you move your finger on down to verse 14. These are words from the prophet Isaiah that describe God. I want you to hear them, okay? I want you to hear them. I have kept silent for a long time. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now, like a woman in labor... I will groan. I will both grasp, gasp and pant. These are verses that God is speaking through Isaiah. They just described God in the fashion of a woman that's having what? Labor, a baby. She's having a baby, all right? Everybody calm down. If you Google this verse, you'll find several blogs about how God is a woman. Calm down. Take a deep breath. All right? Isaiah chapter 66. So just keep flipping a couple pages. One at a time is fine. Take your time and get there. Isaiah 
66. We'll look at verse 13. Here is what we read. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Again, God speaking through the word prophet Isaiah, describing himself as a? Give it to me. Mother. There we go. Mother. Again, you can Google this verse. You'll find several blogs. God is a woman. Wait, let's go to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. This is a story of Nicodemus. So if I say that and it triggers you, memory of the story of Nicodemus, awesome. And if I don't, who cares? We're going to read it, so you don't have to remember it. John chapter 3, we're going to just do the first eight verses. Here is what we read. It's eight verses, so you've got plenty of time to get there. Don't worry. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees. He was named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to him, capital H, that'd be Jesus, by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Again, Everything about this verse has God doing all of the action of what? what? What is he doing? What's the process that God is doing here? Birthing. Again, you can find several articles based upon John 3 and the story of Nicodemus that say God is a... Fill in the blank, come on. It's the third one in a row. Woman, right? That's not what these scriptures are saying at all. It's not. If you want to actually hear what God calls himself, not what he describes himself in certain instances as, but what he calls himself, God is emphatically a father. It is his most cherished title, father. Throughout the Old and New Testament, continually, God claims to be father. But gee whiz, the guy describes himself like nine times throughout the scripture in ways that are womanly, Everybody gets confused. There's no reason to be confused. God is our father. Fathers, men, men can display. Nay, at times men must display qualities that are womanly. The good character qualities of a woman. Nurturing, caring for. These are things men must do. Anybody have a, a, a lawn that they try to make green? Anyone? Anyone at all? Yeah? I try so hard. Every winter it turns to dirt, and I try again. <laughs> a lot of trees. I have a lot of trees at my house, right? To get a lawn green, particularly in areas of maybe high acidity or no soil, it takes a lot of care and nurture, does it not? Right? And... I mean, I don't know about you, I've seen a lot of guys take a lot of time to do that, right? In fact, I've seen guys take so much time to care and nurture their lawn that they forgot to care and nurture their family. 
Aren't we supposed to care and nurture our family? Isn't that a womanly quality? In fact, it's great. You see a woman caring for a family, you're like, praise the Lord. Men, we should be caring and nurturing our family. And we can still have the debate. If a man does something womanly, does that make it manly? We can have that debate. There are aspects of being manly and being womanly that definitely do cross over. One that doesn't is having children. It doesn't cross over. It's not, it's not possible for a man to have a baby, right? It's a great Monty Python sketch on that if you ever want to go back and search it. It's really good on YouTube. You can find it. Um, yeah, men, men, can't, men can't do that. Which is why when God describes himself, right, as giving birth, as nurturing a child, as caring for a child like a mother. He is describing himself in terms of something womanly. God never, ever, ever claims to be a woman, a mother like he does a father. God is father is his title. It's what he claims. Men be men. And you can be womanly. Men can be womanly, but they are always still men. Always still men. Always. It is okay to not like sports and be a man. We do not live in a caricature or a, a predefined role of what it must be. It is okay, right, to play the harp. Look at David. If you didn't know David killed his tens of thousands, and we were left with only portions of David's story, right? Like, David was a shepherd, and he liked to write music. Cut out the bear and lion that he kills, and cut that out, right? And he worked in the king's court. He sat at the king's throne, and he played him calm, melodious music to soothe Saul's troubled mind. I mean, that guy sounds like he enjoys Paisley print, right? I mean, that's what that sounds like, right? He's got better hair than I do, that guy. But he's also killed his thousands, his tens of thousands. We don't get trapped into caricatures. It's like thinking that a person who is a warrior can't actually be caring, compassionate, to their wife, their parents, their child, because they have a warrior's spirit. We must display all of what it means to be a godly man. Scriptures. Uh, I want to leave Alex. Oh, no, I, you know, I got a little time. <laughs> I got time, and I love the Bible. So here we go. Isaiah 63, verse 16. We'll do Isaiah 63 and then Isaiah 64. They're right next to each other. So go back to Isaiah. I did that on purpose, right? I went into Isaiah to show you that God can display female qualities, right? Woman, womanly qualities. And now I'm going right back there to show you what he actually claims about himself. Isaiah chapter 63. This is again, God communicating through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 63, 16. I'm almost there. See, I was talking. I gave you plenty of time. Here's what it says. As one, did I read this already? Oh, I, I, see, I'm in the wrong chapter. So I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this looks really familiar. Jeez. Numbers are hard too. Not only are words hard to say, but also, also numbers. Isaiah 63, 
verse 16. Oh, good, yeah, that, that, that looks exactly like what I was thinking said. All right, for thou art our father, though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not recognize us. Thou, O Lord, art our father, our redeemer, from of old is thy name. What is God? Father. Can we be clear on it? It's not, it was, we just read it. Do I need to read it again? I'll ask, all right. What is God? Okay, I'll, it was almost all of you. We're getting really close to 100% participation. What is God? It's close enough. You guys are lame. Isaiah, <laughs> let's just flip over just a little bit to Isaiah 64, verse 8. Literally, it's, it's, it was one page for me. It might be the same page for you. Isaiah 64, 8 says this, but now, O Lord, thou art our what? What's it say? Father. Father. We are the clay and thou art potter, which is also a very important phrase for any person to know about God. Uh, all of us are the work of thy hand. Amen? Amen. God is Father. God can display womanly characters and at no characteristics and at no point does he stop being Father God. At no point. Always Father God. If you like to paint, paint. If you'd rather paint than watch Monday Night Football, paint. Do not paint when you're supposed to be working. Do not paint when you're supposed to be caring for your children. The same goes for football. Do not be watching football when you're supposed to be Caring for your home. Don't do that. It's a mistake. All of godly manhood. We want all, all of it. Oh, I, you know what? Whenever, whenever you can go to Malachi, you've got to go to Malachi. It's actually a rule. Did you know that in, in, in preaching? If you can get to Malachi, do it. All right? So we were going to be in my favorite prophet, the Italian prophet, Malachi. Turn to Malachi chapter 2. That's right before you get to Matthew, the Italian prophet, Malachi. It's a small book. Your Bible doesn't really open up clearly, qu quickly to it, all right? All right. My running joke when I want people to be confused is tell them to turn to, like, Malachi chapter 6. People are like, what? It just says the New Testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Where did chapter 6 go? I'm like, oh, my gosh, your Bible doesn't have Malachi chapter 6? Oh, no. All right. Malachi. We're in chapter 2, verse 10. Here is what it says. Isn't it great to get those, those pages unstuck from your Bible? It's good, right? All right. Do we not all have one Father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously each against his brother so as to profane the covenant of our fathers? This verse is all about fathers, and it's about God being the one God who made us. He is the one Father. It's, it's definitely a theme. John 20, verse 17. We're so close to that now because, see, we went to the Italian prophet, and now the Gospels follow right after him. Isn't that convenient? See how I did that, front to back? John, chapter 20, verse 17, says this. Jesus, these are, that, this means it's important. When God speaks about God, please pay attention, all right? Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the who? Father. Father. But go to my, what? Brothers. Brothers. And say to them, I ascend to my, what? Father. Father and your, what? Father and my God and your God. God is a what? Father. God can be a father and experience such sadness at the betrayal of his people and their love of sin that he makes sounds like a woman in childbirth. 
God can be father, yet display the caring, compassionate of a mother caring for her children. It's explicitly in God's word. Ephesians 3, 14 through 15. See, front to back. Ephesians 3, 14 through 15 says this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the... At this point, you don't even need to be there. You can just assume. All right. (laughs) Before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Father. You You can be a manly, fearless, godly man and display very important qualities that are womanly. In fact, if you snatch them up, I guarantee you'll make them a little manly. Guarantee it. All right, last point, then I'm out of here. My, th- again, this falls under the, if you can get to Malachi, you have to go to Malachi. It's, it's a requirement of teaching, all right? The last point is very important. How we wrap up being a man, acting, that action, that definitive action, how we connect that with valor and being manly. And here's what I want you to, want you to know. Here's how you do it. In order to do it, you have to let God's stuff be God's stuff. Don't rob God. You cannot rob God of what is his. But here's the real problem. That is our chief problem. All right, men, straight up honestly, that is our chief problem. We rob God of what is his all the time. We steal, right, from him his glory to ourselves. We're glory thieves. We're, we're disgusting glory thieves. Any glory we have, we have taken from God. It's his. All glory belongs to him. Do not rob God, and you will be able to be a godly man. Through his power, through his word, through his spirit, through his people, he will build you into a godly man. But the first thing you have to do is stop taking what's his. Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. And all you guys saw it because Josiah put it up and you all beat me there. I saw you all flipping like, oh, we're going to Malachi. He said it again. We better get there quick. All right. I'm telling you, Bible's just going to fall open to Malachi now. Isn't that great? Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 through 8 says this. From the days of your fathers. Oh, I'm sorry. Qualification. God speaking through the prophet Malachi is what we're reading here in Malachi 3, starting in verse 7. That's why in your Bible it should have little quotes around the first part of the verse here. From, quoting, God speaking. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. All right, this is not a money drive. Calm down, everybody. Keep your wallets. Keep your wallets in your pocket. It's all right. (laughs) Actually, could you get the plate back there? (laughs) What God is saying here, very clearly, if you want to honor me, keep my commandments. It's very simple. It's not rocket science. If you want to honor God, do what he says. The same is true if you're a father and you have a child and you tell your child to do something. 
If that child wants to honor you, he does what you say. And then the other 78 to 95% of the time, he does what he wants to do, which is exactly like us with God. It's the same thing. I really do believe God. God gives two people together in marriage, right? He gives a man and a woman together, right? One, to show them exactly how we treat him, right? And then he gives those two sinful people that he put together in a relationship, a bunch of other little sinful people, also to say, that's exactly what you do to me, right? It's, it's, it's true. It's absolutely true. How does he describe himself? As father, with children, disobedient, arrogant, evil children. Who are like this big, but still like punch him right in the leg every time he tries to lovingly help them not to run into the street where they're going to die, right? How else does he describe his relationship with his people? Through covenantal marriage, right? Amen? Just like that. I keep loving you. I have brought you from nothing. What does, he tell, what does he tell Israel? I have brought you up from the gutter when you were naked and bleeding. I put clothes on your back. I brought you into my palace. You were royalty. And you have whored yourself out. Right? Isn't that exactly what he says? The church is the bride of Christ. All of these relationships exist so that we can understand what it's like to be God. Things warring against us all the time, though all we want is good for it. <laughs> That's God. Thankfully, he is actually all-powerful and sovereign, and uh, unfortunately, we are very limited in that, and that is why we have conflict so often in our homes that we must work through in a godly, masculine way. Don't rob God. Don't, don't do it. He says tithes and offerings here. Can I ask you a question? What is God's? What's God's? Everything. That's the correct answer. Everything is God's. You don't have to take my word for it. It's in a book, just like reading Rainbow. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis 2, verse 7. You're like, whoa, this is way too far in the beginning. This is like all the way in the beginning. Genesis 2, verse 7. By, by the Lord's grace, I turned right there. Here's what it says. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Remember, remember when I said it's really important for all Christians to remember that, that little phrase that the Bible talks about, that God is the potter and we are the clay? What does the pot say to the potter? Nothing. Every time I brew coffee in that coffee machine, I only get one complaint out of the pot. Not one time does the pot say, yo, it's really hot. That water is burning. What are you doing? Not one time. You know why? Because I'm, I'm in control of that pot. That pot, doesn't, pot can't do anything to me. In fact, the only time that pot can hurt me is when I miss the cup. And then it is hot, and I realize that as well. Right? What does the clay say to the potter? Nothing. He molded us out of dust. We are nothing but dirt monsters. We are filthy, disgusting, and yet God breathed life into us. His life, his image. Don't rob him. Do not rob him. Be a godly man. Have value. Be valorous. Don't rob God. That's where your value lies. Deuteronomy 10.14. This is going to be, again, a front-to-back situation. So grab a big hunk of scripture and just let, let your right thumb glide, all right? 
Deuteronomy 10, 14. Just let it glide. There it is. Deuteronomy 10, 14 says this. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, the earth and all that is in it. You want to be a man of valor, a man of courage, a godly man? Do not rob God. Have you found a wife? You have found a good thing. Do you have children? They are gifts from God. Do you have a job? Do you breathe air? Do you have his word? Gifts from God. Do not rob him. They are his. They belong to him. Do not rob God. Psalm 24, 1. We'll do two Psalms. Psalm 24, 1. As you're doing the little flip thing, remember all the books of the Bible that you don't read? There they are. You just flip through a whole bunch of them. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all, all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Do not rob God. Psalm 89.11, just a few pages over. You can't see any of the books you don't read because unless you're just not reading Psalms, which is fine, we're in this one. Psalm 89 verse 11 says this, the heavens are thine, the earth also is thine, the world and all it contains, thou hast founded them. Do not rob God. Daniel 2.20, here's a good one. Daniel 2.20. Man, there's a whole bunch of books. You're like, oh, wow, that book is in here. I didn't even... Daniel 2, verse 20, says this. Daniel answered and said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. Do not rob God. You think you're so smart, don't you? Don't rob God. All wisdom and power belong to him. You are so strong. You are a strong man. Do not rob God. All power belongs to him. Haggai 2.8. Oh, man, peel those pages apart. Who's been hanging out in Haggai? Anybody? Anybody? Don't go slow. I'm telling you, you're going to fly right by it. Got it. Oh, man, look at that. That's awesome. Haggai 2 verse 8 says this. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. You got stuff you like? Do not rob God. Want to be a man of value? Let God have what is his, and you'll be a man of value. All right, one in the, one in the New Testament. That was, just the, it was like your excursions onto the entire Old Testament there as you flip through the Bible. First Corinthians chapter 10. Oh, we were so close to that earlier. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, 14, 24, oh, I'm sorry, wrong number. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 24 to 26, here we go. Let no one seek his own good but that of his neighbor. Eat anything, I love these verses, oh, it's great, ready for this verse? Eat anything, it's a great verse, that is sold in the meat market without asking questions for conscience sake. Verse 26, for the earth is the Lord and the, all its contains. Here, this is actually a roundabout way of God claiming the fact that there is no other God. 
you can worship a God however you want. He is the only God. Those are false gods, which is to say fake gods or no gods because <laughs> there's only one God, only one. Do not rob him. It's his. To be a man of valor is to rightly display God and his glory as a man. It's very simple. That is your value. Men, I don't care if you are a hundred or if you are three. If you would like to have value as a man, to be valorous as a man, display God and his glory. It's that. It's very simple. Now, you're going to get like eight sessions of detailed instruction on how you can actually see and understand and display that value. What is that value? What is valor? All these little stories from God's word of God's men being valorous men, displaying godly attributes as God has made him. Write them down. Incorporate them. Think about where we are deficient. Look, it's a safe space. You're all deficient. I am deficient. It's okay to be deficient. In God's economy for his men, it is not okay to be okay being deficient. You're indwelt by the spirit of God if you are in Christ. God's spirit lives in you. Do you know how hard it was to set the tabernacle up? Before, that's where God dwelt with his people. And you think it was great to be a disciple? Oh, like, oh, great. They got to walk with Jesus, right? This, it's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He is with you every day. You can't walk away from him for he is present. How much more do you want to be with God? Gee whiz. Here's what it means means defining motion, action, in showing the value of godly manhood. Valor. That's what this is about. Displaying the value of being a godly man. I'm going to close in prayer. I'm going to be praying out loud. It's a great time for you to pray as well. The most amazing part about God is he can hear each one of his children at the same time. If you try doing that, it will not go well, but he can. So talk to God. Ask him for his help. I, I know when my children come to me when they need help, it doesn't matter what I want to do. I want to help them. Even if I can't in a moment, I'll, I'll be right back. Nope, with God, every moment is available for you. So I ask him, God, I want to be a man of valor. I want to be a man that displays that value, the image-bearing value you have given to me. Help me. Turn my ears and my heart on to your word. Let's pray now. Holy God, I thank you for the opportunity to teach these wonderful men. I thank you that they're willing to sit here and listen to me yammer, Lord God, but there are so many times when I opened your word. And your word is what matters. In your word, you have revealed so much wonderful truth to us, God. 
There is not a book in there that we should ever think has less value. There's so much for us in there. You've called us to be men of valor. You've called us to act like men, to take steps, actions, movements that are clearly, obviously godly and masculine. I pray that we would be men. I pray that we would not rob you of the value of our masculinity, but that we would boldly, clearly display it. That you may be glorified, that people may see it and rejoice. I pray this, I ask this for each one of us, myself certainly the foremost included. I ask this in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen.